Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation, episode 68. Lindsay Angelo is a former strategist with Lululemon, but is now pursuing a new venture as a strategy consultant. She talked with Josh about trends in the retail space, especially around the idea of a self-actualization economy and how democratization of retail influences the way that people invest and the way products are developed. You can find her contact info in the show notes. Hi there, everyone. I'm Victory Clafter, the producer of Inside Outside Innovation, the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries with passion and precision. So when we think about some of that change, what what are some of the trends that you're starting to see in the area of retail? Yeah, so I think we're seeing a couple of really interesting things happen. Definitely the the one piece around this, what I like to call the democratization of retail, that's more evident than ever before, particularly in the retail space, but seeing barriers to entry coming down, I think disproportionate way over the past few years. So as an, an entrepreneur, it's easier than, than ever before to access capital, distribution, manufacturing. I think what that's, that's causing is um, an environment that's more amicable to the entrepreneur. And so we're seeing this kind of long tail of competition emerging that's certainly been prevalent in the world of yoga apparel. We've seen literally thousands of of small competitors emerge, some of them bricks and mortar online, some of them online only, but come into the space and and a lot of them really focus focusing on niche areas within yoga apparel. So I think the the competitive environment is is more intense and, and more dense than it's ever been. And as a consumer, I have more more choice um, than ever before. So I think that's one piece. And then the other interesting trend that I that I think is emerging is this kind of societal shift, but this rise up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I think we're seeing this this globally, this rise of the middle class. We're seeing the digital age uh, that's, that's really emerged over the, the past decade, widened kind of the scope of people's lives. We have more access to, to resources, to knowledge than we ever have before. And I think both of those trends combined, the democratization of retail and what I like to call betterment, are really resulting in what was once considered kind of amazing is now ordinary and everyday. Um, and I think that's really propelling people up Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and people are focused more more than ever before on, on bettering themselves. I think we're seeing a big focus on, on personal growth emerge, and that can look different for, for every audience and, and for different people, but I like to call that um, the self-actualization economy. Sure. And there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. So, so I think that's, that's really interesting, and especially, I mean, you hear more and more just how hard it is being a brick and mortar retailer. I think we just saw the news yesterday uh, of another big brand, Gymboree, closing 350 stores. It's really hard. And what I'm hearing you say is, though, that there might be some sort of glimmer of hope, right? That if we could start to understand this betterment idea and this trend, that there might be an opportunity for innovation in that area. How do you see that playing out in retail? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I And I think your um, description there definitely accurately characterizes it. While we're facing a lot of headwinds as retailers, certainly at least the, the optimistic side of me definitely sees that glimmer of hope. And I think if we can reframe 
how we think about our value proposition as retailers, we can capture that. And I think the two questions that come up for me as a brand are thinking about if we're seeing people really try and better themselves in a number of different parts of their lives, how can we partner with them to help get them there? So how can we partner with them to help them be the people they want to be and achieve their fullest potential, whether that's a consumer and I want to achieve my most creative self or I want to be my most uh, mindful self or I want to be my most entrepreneurial self, thinking about how can we partner with our consumers and people uh, to help get them there. And I think the brands that people will be attracted to in future will be the brands that that really nail that and, and get that right. I saw Clayton Christensen speak not too long ago, and he he talked about jobs to be done. And I, I feel like the opportunity is to think about what's the job to be done that helps people be who they want to be. And I think that's that's not always easy, you know, especially for extremely successful retailers. You think you you know who your customer is, but without a steady diet of getting out there and we always say getting out of the building and talking to customers and getting to know customers and not just relying upon surveys or just pure market research or focus groups. You have to get in there to truly understand what those jobs are that they're struggling to get done. What are some examples, Lindsay, that you're seeing out there of brands who are doing this well? Yeah, I think of um, everyone from, I mean, Airbnb, I think of the sharing economy, Airbnb, Uber, Lyft, brands that are enabling people to be their most entrepreneurial selves. I think of brands like uh, Jabatical, like Upwork, which are early stage brands that have found a niche in connecting employers with the freelance economy. So I think we're seeing this subtrend of a lot of freelancers emerge. They say they say 50% of the workforce by 2020 will be freelancers, but brands looking at how, how can we help people be their most entrepreneurial selves. Brands like WeWork, there's a brand in in London called Bart's and it's actually a cocktail bar. They have a mood menu. It's called a mood menu and you can walk in and you can order a a relaxed cocktail proven to enhance your your happiness and relaxation. But a small example of a a brand that's enabling people to be their their healthiest self, um, whether that's emotionally, mentally or or physically in, in a small way, ultimately they're working towards that bigger goal. I think of Dyson recently announced the opening of an institute of technology in the UK. So getting into the the education space and a traditional consumer electronics brand, entirely new space for them, but enabling people to be their their wisest selves. And they're also leveraging it as a pipeline to their workforce. I think Headspace is a really great example, enabling people to be their their kind of most mindful selves. Yeah, and certainly Lululemon's came out out with a campaign not long ago called This is Yoga, but it's a great example of trying to elevate people in different aspects of their life through what we refer to as the power of practice. So I think all of those brands are taking strides to to get there and, and doing it well. Well, and I love what you touched on, Lindsay, is a whole bunch of ones that aren't traditional retail, right? Every organization out there that wants to be successful needs to be thinking about the brand uh, that they want to have and they need to think about exactly kind of the answer to what you just said is for the people that they care about serving what is the most blank self that they are wanting to to help people get closer to through interactions with the brand it'd be an interesting exercise to go through absolutely and i think in some cases it's redefining how we how we think of retail and i think we're seeing a lot of traditional retailers and we've been seeing this for a while but get into the experience game more and more and also develop 
new ventures fully dedicated to that. I think of Louis Vuitton's recent um, announcement of Close 19, which is a, an experience arm to their business. I think of Free People, their escapes arm, offering wellness retreats focused on, on personal growth and connection and culture. So thinking about how can we you know, redefine retail in the traditional sense and dovetail into, into areas, maybe their experiences, maybe their something else, but dovetail into areas that really uh, enable that for people and enable people to to be who they want to be. So I'm going to get a little personal here, Lindsay. Yeah. How do you relate to this trend oh. of, of betterment personally? <laughs> you know, what, what are the brands that you are, are seeing or chasing or what's the most blank self that uh, Lindsay is going after? <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's a great question. So I'm in a exciting, very exciting part of my career in that I, I actually resigned um, from a role in Lululemon about a month ago to pursue an entrepreneurial venture um, into the world of strategy consulting. And for me, I've, I've certainly been in a, a reflection over the past few months, and that decision was very rooted in what, what I want to get up to over the next few years and personal growth more than anything. Sure. So I think this is a trend that is near and dear to me, and I've um, certainly felt as a millennial, as a consumer, and yeah, I I, I relate to it. I think more more than ever before, um, and. I think for me, I also find I'm incredibly motivated at this stage in my life to de- develop myself on a number of different levels, whether that's being my most entrepreneurial self, you know, healthiest self. I think there's um, experienced self. I think I, I relate to a number of different aspects of self that we're seeing manifest more broadly as trends. So, yeah, so I think personally, I'm definitely experiencing this uh, f- firsthand. And also, I think as a result of that, I like to support brands that some of the ones ones I mentioned that are portraying that and uh, really purpose driven and enabling that that movement as a whole. So yeah, certainly some some of the brands I mentioned, I'm a big consumer of, <laughs> and I think I'll, I'll only continue to be. Lindsay, uh, congratulations on making a leap. Uh, that, that that is a big jump uh, to be able to go out there and and do it. But uh, a friend was challenging me recently. He said one of his favorite questions that he had picked up, and he was asking everybody was the question, "What would you do if you weren't afraid?" And I, I imagine there's probably some of that that was in your world of thinking of being able to leave something great and prestigious. And I mean, I've seen all the keynotes uh, that you've been able to do, and so you had a nice stage with Lululemon to be able to still, though, jump out and go on your own takes a little bit of fearlessness to be able to go out and and do that. So I absolutely wish you the best of luck on the venture. What are some of the things that are in your wheelhouse, your toolbox, if people wanted to learn more or or understand what you're out there doing around strategy now? Yeah. So I'm working with everything from startups to larger companies on growth strategy. So working on scaling early stage concepts through to larger companies in the space of looking at high growth ahead as well. So yeah, figuring out the next, what the next, whether it's three, whether it's five years looks like, um, you know, where to place your bets and how to get there. And then also partnering with brands on functional strategy. So that could be something more specific, whether it be digital strategy, brand strategy, one that's uh, certainly I'm I'm passionate about, product strategy. So I'd say growth strategy and then um, double clicking into functional strategy as well. 
you mentioned democratization of retail, uh, and I think in one of the pieces that I saw uh, that you had was was highlighting the Indiegogos and the Kickstarters of the world. Tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on what platforms like that have done for the retail space. Yeah, I think they've been pivotal to breaking down the barrier uh, to entry in part of capital. So definitely uh, making it easier for, for entrepreneurs to, to get the early stage products out there and not only to, to raise capital, but to develop deeper relationship with those early adopters. I think what, what they do a, a great job of is as a consumer, I can um, you know invest in an early stage product uh, of something. And by doing that, I feel even more enrolled in it. I think it's a, it's a great co-creation model they've developed. Yeah, and I think they're they're we're seeing them kind of become the the new shopping malls. Um, I'm certainly an avid Kickstarter shopper, and I think that's and even from a uh, I think a, a corporate lens. I know I'm I'm often trolling Kickstarter and Indiegogo for ideas um, and for the latest and greatest innovations out there. I think that's where we see the innovation is at at that level. So in terms of inspiration. I think it can be a great source of inspiration. Um, and I think it's really, yeah, an enabler of the whole democratization of retail that we're seeing. It's really enabling this host of entrepreneurs to, to get in the game and to enhance consumer choice and, and expectations through doing that. Yeah. I, I also like like Indiegogo for Enterprise uh, that came out and a couple of the other things where other brands are seeing where they can learn and uh, iterate like startups are. And so starting to take advantage of those same types of platforms to hopefully take some of the um, advantages that you're able to get by truly going out and, like you said, testing before actually going out and building. It's interesting to see where startups can learn from corporations, but especially where corporations can learn from startups. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like as um, with time, we're almost weighing towards the latter more and more. I feel like corporations are looking to startups more and more to, to learn from them, which is a really fascinating dynamic. Completely off topic. What is the innovation and startup scene like up in Vancouver? It's growing, certainly growing. I think uh, particularly in, in the retail space, um, we're starting to see more more and more companies pop up. We haven't been a huge uh, retail bed in past. So yeah, I think that that's growing. Tech tech is growing and I think it will, will only continue to grow. Yeah, we're seeing, I think the VC angel space here has always been pretty small, but I think we're, we're seeing more, you know, accelerators pop up and more in the way of that scene happening as well. Uh, so yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot of uh, still runway and opportunity in Vancouver to, to do more and we're also, it's getting there. That wraps up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for joining us. And thanks to Lindsay for sharing her wisdom. If you've got an opinion, and we know you do, share it with us on iTunes or at the IO Podcast on Twitter. Until next time, go out and innovate. <laughs>